afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really, really appreciate you listening. So I tell you guys, week after week after week after week, well, pretty much anyone who will ever listen to me, pay attention to your local politics. Pay attention to what's happening in your own backyard. Pay attention to your city councils. Pay attention to your mayors. Pay attention to your county commissioners. And, of course, because we have every single House member in Minnesota up for re-election this year, too, pay attention to what's happening in your House district as well. I know there are lots of great candidates out there. Um, I think I will pick and choose a few, um, especially some of the more unusual ones, uh, and and when I say unusual, I guess I'll, I guess I mean articulate because a lot of the candidates who are new to being candidates just they're they're getting their feet underneath them, trying to get their campaigns up and running, and in some particular uh, cities and counties. They, there are really important issues that people are really, really care about. For example, up north, it's mining. Um, and, and down in the cities, you should be very, very concerned uh, with the number of cities who are raising the age to buy tobacco uh, up to 21. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. Richfield just became the 10th city to, to raise the age to buy tobacco to 21. It was unanimous. It was unanimous. You have these these uh, city council members and mayors who are are siding against their local businesses in favor of a special interest group. And I've told you over and over and over again that when I was fighting the smoking ban 10 years ago or however long ago it was, that I actually had a Hennepin County commissioner who's no longer there, thank God, um, uh, say to me, I'm going to vote for the ban. I know it's going to hurt the businesses. I know it's not going to make anyone healthier, but I just don't like smoke. And if those are the kind of people you're putting in office, you're going to get horrible decisions like this. Uh, And now you've got 10 cities doing this. You know what happens? Those 10 cities start speaking out, and they start saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't want to be the only ones who suffer, so we want the whole state to suffer. And the bottom line is when it comes to buying tobacco in Minnesota, you're either an adult at 18 or you're not. So you can sign up to serve your country. You can sign a contract. You can uh, your your signature on the line means something. And, and then I want you to think about alcohol. How well did it work when they raised alcohol to 21? And do you think it do you think it stopped people from drinking? Do you think it stopped those 18, 19, and 20-year-olds from drinking? Well, if you do, I got news for you. It didn't. So tobacco is still a legal product, as is liquor, by the way. So maybe it is time we put it both down, back down to down to 18. Uh, but it's just shameful. Also shameful is the Ramsey County Commissioners. Apparently they are incapable of living on their $92,423 salary, and therefore... The already grossly overpaid Ramsey County commissioners are giving themselves a 2.5% raise. They do this every two years now. They do it every two years. They come in. uh, They put it on the agenda. 
nobody reads it and they pass it forward. They put it on the agenda again and then eventually they they vote for it. They always have the votes. Whoever's not up, they get their four votes and they're, and it passes. And uh, once in a while, there's one or two of them that might say, oh, I voted against it. Not that it mattered because they had the votes to give it anyway. This is ridiculous. The county commissioners are excessively po- overpaid already in Ramsey County. The idea that they are worth $95,000 is just Ludicrous! It is just so ridiculous. And on top of that $95,000 salary, they're still eligible to receive fees, payments, and other compensation paid from boards, committees, and other government agencies or subcommittees that they sit on. How much money do these people make? It's just it's just astonishing to me. Uh, if you want to weigh in, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. I was almost giddy when I talked to Stan. I called him Sue. <laughs> I was so excited to get on. <laughs> Sue, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'll tell you why. When Antonine Scalia died that Saturday afternoon and it was announced, yeah. I went, oh, my God, I think it's over. And I was literally frightened because of that. And I thought, okay, so President Obama is going to get to name another justice. I mean, we're never going to get anywhere. Right. And I thought to myself, um, as it happened, they dragged their feet and decided they were not going to vote on any nominees and halted him in his tracks. And then these kind of things start happening. And I have a renewed faith. I've thought for a long time we're going in the wrong direction. And for whatever reason, Sue, this case and your sticking in there and following it till the end has made such a difference for me. I think we are going to make it now. <laughs> I can guarantee you we're going to make it, Jane. I can guarantee you. I, like you, I feel that we have the pendulum has swung too far in the opposite direction, and I think a lot of people are waking up. I think Donald Trump was a huge part of that. When people voted for Donald Trump, they weren't voting for his character or his brain or his money or his anything. They just said, enough's enough, and we need to do something different. When Donald Trump appointed Gorsuch to be the Supreme Court justice, I felt such renewed relief. You might re- Remember, Jane, when Scalia died, I was on air. I yeah. was on air when it when it when it hit the the newsrooms that at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like, I I I was at a loss for words, I, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And Jane, I cannot tell you what it was like to go to the United States Supreme Court, what it was like to sit there, and I had a clear, straight-line view of Justice Gorsuch. I had a clear, straight-line view of of Clarence Thomas, and I was so worried because it seemed like he wasn't asking questions and he wasn't paying attention and he wasn't, and the law student next to me is like, no, no, he's always like that. He never asks questions. He, You're good. You're good. And I'm like, okay, then, you know. But yeah, it gives me hope, too. It, it gives me hope. It has made such a difference for me. I, I, I started feeling it just a little bit when the baker won his rights to not bake the cake. Right. I, I felt it then. And each and every decision that comes down, let's hope it continues for a while. I think what we've forgotten about and what Donald Trump did was that the little guy does matter. 
We do matter, Jane. We do. And when Andy Selick stood up at our press conference, do you know what the first thing he said? The first thing he said is, we fought this for eight years, and it just goes to show you that two people from the state of Minnesota can go all the way up to the United States Supreme Court and be victorious. It's it's amazing. It's and an my, amazing experience. My thing has been, too, to watch after the, after the fact how the other side yeah. is going through uh, twisting and get, putting themselves into pretzel twists in an attempt to try to not see the significance in this. I know. Do they think for a minute that the little guy, uh, when you talked about the um, Ramsey County Council, I thought to myself, you know, this is the elites taking care of the elite. I know. And and it, uh, I think that's what Donald Trump's election meant. I say that to people all the time. You know, um, I'm not the biggest Trump fan on the planet. I get, I'm not alone. But I also understand that people didn't like where we were going. I know. It's true. And that for whatever reason, uh, the election of Donald Trump said, enough. Yep. And you know what, Jane? I want to give you a little more encouragement, too, because this coming up in November, Minnesota is going to be ground zero. So it's going to be brutal when you think of all the political messages that we're going to be bombarded with. But we have some really, really fabulous candidates that you can be excited about and that you can know believe in the little guy. And I'm talking about Jim Newberger, who's oh, running yeah. against Amy Klobuchar. I'm even talking about Karen Housley, who's running against Tina Smith. I'm talking about Jeff Johnson. I'm talking about Doug Wardlow. I'm talking about how. I'm talking about our U.S. congressman, whether it's Hagedorn down in CD1 or Hughes in CD7 or Stauber up in. You can even be excited about Greg Ryan and Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer Zielinski. I know I pronounced her name wrong. These are great candidates that we can get behind. And then don't forget, we got the whole Minnesota House of Representatives. Yeah. So well, there's there's a lot we can be excited and happy about, Jane. My gratitude to you, Sue. Uh, you know, I and I'm no, and I know I'm not alone when I say this. I know a lot of your listeners are feeling my the same thing I'm feeling, and um, I just want to tell everybody: hang in there. This is what our country was founded on, that it was the, the ordinary Joe that could run their, lo- their own lives and, and run a government just you, by banding together and yep. making their opinions known. Yep. And I just keep telling everyone, Jane, I won't vote for a Democrat because they make my life harder. Well, and you know, not only that, have you noticed sometimes that their reasoning... <laughs> they don't have any reasoning. <laughs> I couldn't reason that way. Uh, I, it just wouldn't happen. My brain doesn't go there. I know. You know what I mean? And I know. I, so pr- we're so proud we are of you. You have no idea. I'm kind of shaking right now. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm happy, too. Thank you, Jane. Appreciate your very wonderful, kind comments. What a sweetheart she is. We should have her on every week, Stan. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the crazy local politicians in Eden Prairie. Holy cow, people. When I tell you to throw these bums out, I mean it. Throw these bums out. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers. Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're staying cool out there. Didn't get as hot as we thought, but it's 
really muggy out there, and I can't believe some of the rain totals that I'm seeing around the state. Holy cow, crazy. Build that arc soon. Yeah, I know. I love Noah's Ark. Uh, okay, we're talking about we're talking about local politics, and we're talking about your mayors, your city councils, your county commissioners, and we're talking about how important it is that you pay attention to what they're doing. You thought you were electing somebody who was going to look out for your for your city and your county and and your neighborhood. You thought they were going to take care of the streets and and public safety and all that. It turns out you've ev- elected a bunch of activists, and we're seeing some really crazy stuff. Uh, happening. Some of it's symbolic. Some of it's not so symbolic. Some of it really impacts the bottom line of the businesses in their or the people in their communities. And it should be troubling to everyone. Just this past week, the St. Paul City Council voted to make it easier for non-citizens who are victim of victims of major crimes to apply for asylum. President Amy Brendamon, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right. It's incredibly important to codify our actions in this situation. The U visas, which are applied for through U.S. immigration uh, and customs enforcement, require applicants to submit a certification form from local law enforcement identifying them as crime victims who have cooperated with the police to identify an assailant. Uh, But, yeah, so you have to pay attention to what's going on. Did anybody see that in the paper? Did anyone see that on the news? Did anyone hear about that anywhere? You didn't. And and it's a shame that we aren't seeing that kind of reporting. It's the same with the Ramsey County Commissioner's Salary Ordinance. Did anybody see anything about that on the news, in their local papers, in the big papers? Did you see it anywhere? No, no, you didn't. And... I don't know about you, but when I voted for mayor, I voted when I voted for city council, when I voted for county commissioner or even house of representative, I certainly didn't vote for an activist. I voted for someone who's going to be looking out for me, looking out for our communities, looking out for our families and they have uh, really truly gone overboard. So, let's talk about Eden Prairie. One year or after placing a one-year ban on new pa- pawn shops and adult stores, Eden Prairie is now considering a similar moratorium on on gun shops while it studies the impact of public safety. So the city of Eden Prairie is considering a temporary one-year ban on new gun stores opening within the city limits, which could pave the way for new zoning laws after the completion of a study about public safety. The council passed their first reading on the measure this week. Uh, The moratorium will not take effect until it passes a second reading. The council, however, separately approved a one-year moratorium on pawn shops and adults' use shops to follow for similar studies to take place. Um, Nancy Tyra Lukens, the mayor of uh, of Eden Prairie, said she felt emboldened to act after attending a national conference this much in which two Parkland School shooting survivors shared their stories with the audience. Nancy said, hiding in a closet with 60 students, hearing their classmates murdered, something has to be done, and I think it has to start with local communities. So apparently Nancy thinks the way to do that is to put a one-year moratorium on new gun stores. Nancy, what have you do? What have you done to make sure your schools in Eden Prairie are safe? What have you done to do that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
So Eden Prairie, after 12 months of studying the impact of public safety with a moratorium in place, the council could then change their zoning codes to place restrictions on gun stores. Uh, For example, they couldn't be located near schools, daycares, or churches, which I think is already it. The gun store moratorium proposal passed the first reading three to two. Uh, and by the way, it doesn't affect the stores uh, that currently sell firearms in Eden Prairie. Uh, the owner of Arnzen Arms, Daniel Arnzen, said it sets the wrong precedence. It's not a protection for public safety or health. It's a protection of people's certain feelings because gun stores make them uncomfortable. He doesn't think zoning is about making people feel comfortable. The reason they're doing this is because they feel they need to do something about gun violence in in their situation and in America. The mayor, however, argued that it's a concrete step that could lead to more stringent zoning codes. Why would you want to own a business in Eden Prairie as they try to follow along with Minneapolis and St. Paul and some of the others? Uh, She said, uh, our responsibility of the city council is to help residents feel safe. Is that going to make you feel safer, Eden Prairie? Is that really going to make you feel safer? Uh, The Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus uh, came out and they said, uh, last month the Eden Prairie City Council engaged in a public debate about attempting to ban assault weapons from being sold in the city and raising the age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. This effort was driven by a small group of anti-gun activists in the city who have been putting pressure on the city council. Hey, Eden Prairie, call your mayor. Call your city councils. Tell them you don't want gun activists making city policy. That's not what you, you did not elect these people to have them cave to anti-gun activists. Uh, Well, this, the Gun Owners Caucus said, well, this ban would have been purely symbolic because Minnesota law preempts the ability of a city to regulate firearms. Those decisions are left to the state legislature. Uh, This time, Eden Prairie is proposing a temporary moratorium on any new gun shops within the city while they explore the legal options for other, more restrictive zoning changes. The Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus said in their proposed ordinance, they equate firearms dealers to adult establishment and porn shops. Your action alert for today is to email and call the Eden Prairie City Council and demand they drop this ridiculous effort. If you are a resident of Eden Prairie or someone who you know is a resident of Eden Prairie, uh, or if you work there or visit there or shop there or whatever, please, 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 you got to start contacting those people in in Eden Prairie, or or nothing's going to ever change. Nothing's going to ever change. When Jane called earlier and talked about our frustration and talked about how nobody was looking out for the little guy, you've got all these special interest groups, all these activists who are very organized, very well-funded, and coming in and telling our local communities, our neighborhoods, our cities, our towns, our counties, uh, what should be happening, no. That isn't why we elected the politicians, and it's about time we start taking our own neighborhoods back. Uh, also on my list of of uh, city councils that are out of control, uh, Mankato, Mankato, Mankato. Do you know I lived in Mankato? I lived in North Mankato for a super long time. Okay, like three years. 
I guess it's not a super long time, but long enough. I, I went to kindergarten there uh, and first grade, and then, no, just kindergarten. Then I came up to the cities and lived in Minneapolis. I had to get out of there quick, and then I grew up in, in Richfield. But Mankato's a beautiful community with lots of wonderful people. Um, and and if, if you think about Mankato, you might remember a very dark moment in America's long history of conflict between the uh, American Indians and Mankato, uh, is the is is well? It's it's a horrible, horrible, horrible sto- story. But last Monday, the Mankato City Council voted five to two uh, when they said that Mankato was officially going to create a new holiday and encourage other businesses, organizations, public entities, and others in Mankato to recognize Indigenous Peoples Day annually on the second Monday of October. So no longer Columbus Day. It's now the Indigenous Peoples Day annually in uh, annually in October. Now you might might remember well, who was the legislator who did such a good job to Erdahl? Dean Erdahl would talk about this. Uh, he, in fact, he wrote a book about it. Um, in December 26, 1862, 38 Dakota men were hanged in the largest mass execution in the United States uh, on a scaffold about 500 feet from the Mankato City Council chambers. There were many references to this horrible, uh, that horrible incident when people were talking about this, uh, uh, talking about changing the Mankato, changing their celebration from Columbus Day to Indigenous People's Day. And this past five to two, you actually had one or two of the council members who came up and said, who who came out and said, you know what? No, 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 no. One uh, mayor, Eric Anderson, said he couldn't support the resolution because it's specifically targeting that date in October. Anderson said, I'm not here to support, condemn, or condone. Human beings make mistakes. Council member Dennis Dykin agreed with Anderson that Indigenous Peoples Day is worthy of support, but not as a replacement day for Columbus Day. Another council member, Mark Frost. Do you know why I like this? This article came out of the uh, came out of the Mankato Free Press. I like this because it talks about what did the mayor say? What did this council member say? What did that council member say? Far too often up here in the cities, whether you're talking about Minneapolis or you're talking about St. Paul or you're talking about the Ramsey County commissioners, they'll tell you what the vote is, but they won't tell you who the people are and how they voted. And you really have to dig deep, sometimes going back to the to the records of the meeting to find out how people voted on this. Uh, council member Mark Frost disagreed, noting that there's nothing in the resolution that prohibits Mankatoans from remembering the Italian explorer. If you want to talk about Columbus, talk about him, Frost said. If you want to talk about indigenous peoples, we live with them. We don't live with Columbus anymore. Oh, people, do you see why it's so important that you pay attention, that you actually dig into who these candidates are and who you are are voting for? Uh, Mankato, by the way, isn't the first city to do that. Minneapolis did it. Uh, St. Paul did it. Red Wing, Two Harbors, uh, and, of course, some national cities like L.A., Seattle, Denver, and Phoenix. So, anyway, so in Mankato, they'll be celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, 
the rest of us, I guess, are celebrating Columbus Day. And one more thing before we take a break. Uh, St. Paul is cracking down on drivers who fail to stop for pedestrians. Remember, they've been giving out warning tickets. Now, drivers, if you don't stop for pedestrians, they are going to give you a $186 fine. Yikes. Okay. Well, so- I'm sorry, but car versus person wins every time so Car you have to have a little time. bit of uh, common courtesy okay okay i got a question though you know, if the pedestrian... if i can knock you on your butt because you're a woman and you're in my way <laughs> can i just push you over no if there's common courtesy okay you don't do if that. the pedestrian walks out in front of the car do they get a 186 dollar fine well, I don't think many people are going to purposely walk out in front of a car. But are you kidding for example, me? Have you we ever have walked flashing... over by St. Thomas? Let's go to break, and uh, I'll oh explain my, my story have to you. Have you ever walked over by St. Thomas? They, they're on their cell phones. They're talking to each other. They're eating. They're reading. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll go to a break. We'll be right back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and Twin Okay, Stan, heads up over this. The St. Paul police are cracking down on drivers who fail to stop for pedestrians. Uh, they're doing a two-week enforcement effort, uh, and it will continue for two weeks. They're, uh, they're pulling people over. They're giving them tickets for $186, and what they're trying to do is get drivers to slow down, go the speed limit, actively look and scan the corners at the intersection. They said they interviewed a whole bunch of uh, drivers, and they asked them, why didn't you stop for the pedestrian? And almost every single one of them said, I didn't see the pedestrian. So the enforcement's going to start Monday, continue for two weeks. Listen to this Well, it part. depends if you believe that driver or not. It's like, well, how many beers did you have? Well, one or two. <laughs> yeah, one or two. You blew up .23. So. To catch offenders, some police officers will ditch their uniforms and wear Sleepy. plain clothes like regular pedestrians. They'll attempt to cross the street at busy intersections. They will be sure to put their foot into the crosswalk. So it's a type of sting, basically. Yeah, yeah. totally, 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 totally. And you're right. The cars- but at the same time, a lot of people, you know, it is the law. Yep. Just like anything else, and yep. if you don't obey it, it is what it is. Try to, try to change the law, you know. I mean, speed limits have been the same for 40, right. 50 years. Right. I could drive 20 miles an hour faster with my newer vehicle than I could with my older one and still feel a lot safer just because it handles better, you know. So there's a lot of laws that don't make sense, and if you don't like it, get it changed. But a lot of it is the people are just in such a hurry nowadays that they can't take that three seconds to stop or 10 seconds maybe in this case, for yep. that person to cross the street. Yeah, but I'll tell you something else. People are stupid. And a few years back, we started telling people, you know, oh, go ahead and just walk out there. There's the crosswalk. You have the right of way. Well, the car's going to win every time. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sorry, I raised my kids. You look both ways before you cross the street because, yeah, the car's going to always win. It's crazy. But I've also seen it, like in my case, where we have a particular crosswalk I use, where it has a flashing light, and it has a sign way back on the road, like a quarter or half a mile down the road that starts flashing as well, saying, pedestrians coming up. And people people just blow right through, and they won't stop until the guy in front of them. And we've had a couple of rear-end jobs there because people aren't paying attention, and it's just because people are in so much of a hurry. I've had people where 
it's a one-lane road and you're driving, so you kind of leave that gap in between you because it's like, well, I can't go anywhere anyway. Right, right, right. And I've had people, like, flip me off and honk at me because <laughs> I'm not right on the guy's ass in I know. front of me. And it's like, where the hell am I going to go? I can't <laughs> yeah. go anywhere. It's a one-lane road. <laughs> Settle down. Uh, we had another uh, shocking. Well, it's not shocking. There's a whole bunch of us that knows it's happening. Um do you remember when uh, we have more allegations of daycare fraud? Uh, once again, in Minneapolis, the Baraka Child Care Center in Minneapolis on Wednesday were greeted by fraud investors, fraud investigators from the Minnesota Department of Human Services, agents from the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, and the Secret Service. They were armed with a search warrant. They confiscated cell phones, computers, documents, and it, and as part of what's being called an ongoing investigation of the child care funding fraud. Now, let's remember, we had Channel 9 came out with their report, and they were demonized. They were just absolutely demonized. You had uh, some people, and then they talked about the money that was flying out of the airport, some $100 million a year going off to Somalia or whatever. Uh, The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is also cracking down on the problem. It reports that nationally in 2015, more than $300 million in improper payments went to daycare providers. Typically, the way the scam works is the fraudsters overbill the government by inflating attendance records. It's very nice to see people prosecuting, being uh, people being investigated and prosecuted. I want that money back. Uh, when Fox 9 tried to uh, in, uh, had their story talking about uh, talking about daycare fraud, the left went crazy. They went crazy and they called for Channel 9 uh, to to revoke their their piece, and, and Channel 9 stood behind it. Keith Ellison went so far as to say Fox 9 should issue a thorough correction and apology for its irresponsible reporting. Guess what, Keith? Guess what? They were right. Uh, The U.S. Department of HHS Inspector General said, and I quote, listen up, it's just widespread, it's national, and it's multi-state. So it's not happening just in Minnesota, but we have to, have to, have to get that under control. Some good news uh, uh, in Minnesota. The Twin Cities metro area is one of five finalists for the Army Futures Command. It's a research and development installation that will plan and facilitate production of technological innovations for the largest branch of the U.S. military. The Defense Department will scout it out Minneapolis and St. Paul earlier this week. I don't know why they'd come here. It's kind of like Amazon. Why, why, why would you come to, why why would you come to Minnesota? Your money goes further in another, in another state. Uh, Job numbers came out this week. Minnesota's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate dropped to 3.1% as employers added 10,200 new jobs in May. Uh, The U.S. unemployment rate was 3.8% in May. The Minnesota rate is the lowest rate since July of 2000. That's great news. But Minnesota's job growth for the past 12 months of 1% still lags behind the national 1.7% rate. And I keep telling you, big government, big government, that's what Democrats like. That's what they want. Big government requires big taxes. And Governor Dayton last Wednesday announced that Minnesota was still in. Do you know what he said? He was still in 
uh, part of the Paris Climate Commitments. Minnesota is the only northern or midwestern state to commit to meet the Paris Climate Commitments that President Trump abandoned a year ago. Thanks for nothing, Governor Dayton. We already have skyrocketing energy costs, uh, and it's just it's just crazy how costly and restrictive some of these policies are. And again, I tell you, you got to pay pay attention. You know, we talked about the um, how happy we were when Trump pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord or started the process to pull out of it. And you might remember we talked about how the climate um, the climate commitment included gender equity. It included climate justice, and it was just outrageously expensive. Uh, we also have a lot of um, a lot of special interest groups are already lobbying for next legislative session. Uh, the remember I warned you about this last year. The Dental Association is pushing uh, for higher reimbursement rates for kids needing dental care. I feel like such a sucker. I paid for my kids' dental stuff. I paid for my kids' doctor stuff. I paid for my kids' braces. I paid for my kids' housing, food, clothing, everything. And yeah, it's. Uh, Everybody wants someone else to pay for their kids' stuff, and yeah, it just drives me crazy. Uh, It's no surprise to anyone that Minnesota is one of the most highly taxed states in the nation. Uh, There was a great article this week from the Tax Foundation that showed in the fiscal year 2015, the state of Minnesota ranked sixth in the amount of state and local income tax paid per person, which came up to $849. So I want you to remember, Minnesota is one of only 43 states that have its own income tax. The top rate in Minnesota, 9.85%, comes on income over $156,911. That's higher than anywhere else in the nation except for California, Maine, and Oregon. The worst part is how badly they tax the poor people. Minnesota's lowest income tax rate, that's right, the poor people, thanks for nothing, Democrats, you too, Republicans, 5.3%, the rate on the lowest in, the lowest income tax rate in Minnesota, 5.35%, is higher than the highest tax rate in 23 states. So when I tell you your, your money goes further in another state, I'm right Pay attention. Uh, Minnesota has exempt items like food and clothing, but and we have the eighth highest state sales tax in the country. Minnesota is one of only 14 states plus the District of Columbia that has an estate tax. Eight of those states, four, eight of those 14 states, and the District of Columbia have a higher exemption. This is just absolutely crazy when when you think of when you think of all this fox 9 also did a really interesting story about all the tax exempt property there is and how it adds up to a billion dollars and there are ways uh, that we could reduce those numbers as well. Let's take a let's take a quick break. I'll tell you a little bit more about how Minnesota ranks fourth nationally for per capita excise excise tax collections. And also a big thank you to Country Time. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. 
Saturday afternoon, everyone. How you doing? Thanks so much for tuning in. Man, I can't believe how fast these shows go. Stan, we have the greatest callers in the world. We do. But apparently today, a lot of them don't want to come on air. So yeah. will you tell... Like they're afraid of you. The, they're not afraid of me. <laughs> I'm just a sweet, 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 nice, loving, wonderful woman. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, you know I am. You know I am. You tease me, but you know I am. Okay. Okay. Tell us about the guy who called from Hutchinson. Yeah, so apparently Hutchinson is doing a lot of the things the big cities are. They want to ban the smoking and make it to be 21, raise the tobacco age to 21. And also, supposedly, there's a couple of uh, council members there that are trying to uh, stop the prayer at the beginning of the meetings, and they're trying to push the other three members to agreeing to that. So see so, where that goes there's your heads up hutchinson it isn't just limited to us crazy city councils and county commissioners and mayors down here in the cities it's spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading uh so you got to pay attention and you know what uh locally you guys can run for office you can run for city council you can run for mayor you can run for county commissioner well you can't run for house of representatives anymore because that's full but you can be the one to make a difference and just the fact that you're paying attention you know what you can do you can write letters to the editor you know what you can do you can talk to your neighbors it's astonishing how once neighbors hear some of the stuff that's going on they ask themselves what is going on in my city you know the video that we had of our crazy mayor in New Brighton of her going nuts over the white privilege and and well she basically called everyone uh, uh gina bauman the city council member a racist but she basically implied we were all racist and in her effort to make her feel better about about herself when people there were over a million views of that youtube video video of hers it was on tucker carlson it was on the on a couple of the different websites out there i had it up on my facebook page for a while uh, and once people hear what's going on they they get upset and they get outraged too so pay attention to what's happening in your cities and then tell people about it uh it's yeah it's uh crazy Okay, Minnesota tax revenue this past month was up $332 million from what they forecast. Up $74 million in May alone. Where did these higher revenue receipts come from? Income taxes. Because the state of Minnesota continues to tax the snot out of you. And it is just shameful that Governor De Dayton vetoed the, I know I praised him for offering to greet Trump, but now I'm slamming him because Governor Dayton should have signed that tax conformity package and, and given some tax relief to people, especially in the lower income brackets, but in all income brackets in Minnesota because you are overtaxed. Taxed. Uh, Minnesota ranks fourth nationally for the per capita excise tax collections. So... Remember, we just talked about the high income taxes that we have in Minnesota, not just the the richest people in Minnesota. No, no, no. They tax the snot out of the poor people in Minnesota, too. And I will remind you that Minnesota's lowest income tax rate of 5.35% is higher than the highest rate in 23 states. So you get to keep more of your money in another state. Your money goes further in another state. Uh, of the um, of the business taxes, the Tax Foundation ranks Minnesota 46th out of 50 states for its business tax climate. 
46 out of 50. That's embarrassing. That is just embarrassing because, well, yeah, that is just embarrassing. Um, Minnesota imposes a deduction schedule for natural resource depletion on top of the federal one. That is one of only eight states to have an alternative minimum tax on corporations. It adds another layer of compliance difficulties without raising much uh, much revenue. Uh, Minnesota's top corporate income tax rate is 9.8%. That is the third highest in the United States. Only Iowa and Pennsylvania have higher. And let's remember something, folks. The corporations don't pay those taxes. The corporation increased their costs of goods and services or have less of a return on investment into uh, for their investors, so we're the ones that pick up the tab for for that for that high for that high one, plus the estate tax. But here we go, the excise taxes, which are commonly levied on cigarettes, alcoholic beverages, soda, gasoline, insurance premiums, and amusement activities, betting, among other goods and activities. Uh, new data from the Tax Foundation showed that in fiscal year 2015, our state ranked sixth nationwide for the amount of state and local taxes paid per person, $849. So what I want you to remember, it's not just the great weather. It's not just the crazy Democrats that have a stranglehold on so many political offices here. Nope, but they get to tax the snot out of you every time you turn around. But... We're going to end on a positive note. You know why? Because it's Father's Day. Father's Day is tomorrow, and if you're lucky enough to have a a father still around or a good father in your life, uh, count your blessings and enjoy that. Uh, If you're not, maybe you could be a good father figure for someone else. Uh, And I want you to remember how sad is this. One in three kids are growing up in fatherless homes. That, I think, is is a staggering number and troubles me to absolutely no end. John Gilmore will be filling in for me next week. I'm going off to the Christian Homeschoolers. They're having their national convention. So this is 500 kids that have been competing, uh, all homeschool kids, between the ages of 12 and 18. And they compete, and we are doing. I, I'm getting. I, I get to judge uh, team policy this year. Um, I like Lincoln Douglas. I've never done moot court, but I'm not a lawyer, so I don't think I'm good, a good fit for that one. But I love team policy. I love Lincoln Douglas, and I will tell you, these homeschooler kids—they give me hope. They inspire me for our future, and I, I just have such a tremendous time. Uh, being with them. So thanks to John Gilmore, who will be filling in next week. Uh, And then I want to thank Country Time. And Stan laughs at me. Stan says he thinks this is a marketing ploy, and it probably is, but it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So some crank in Denver called the Colorado police to shut down a kid's lemonade stand, and it worked. So this mom in Denver, she had three boys. They thought it would be a good idea to have her boys run a lemonade stand in Stapleton, Colorado. And this was uh, this past Memorial Day. She hoped that her boys would learn lessons um, that that she learned when she had her own lemonade stand as a little girl. Entrepreneurship, responsibility, the value of running her their her own business running your own business the boys decided to take it a step further and they were going to donate all the proceeds from the lemonade stand to a charity called Compassion International 
Uh, more specifically, the boys picked a five-year-old boy from Indonesia through Compassion International for whom their proceeds would help provide the necessities, including clean water. Memorial Day was beautiful. It was hot. They set up their stand, two cups for a buck. Uh, the six-year-old even brought his toy cash, cash register out. They were getting really good at customer service. Unfortunately, the half hour into their business venture, the cops showed up and they said, nope, you need a permit, a $120 permit, and uh, yeah, and they shut them down. So that horrible, awful neighbor that called, you suck. Uh, it's too bad for the little boys. I would have bought their, their lemonade. And Stan, you got anything good coming up next? Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking a lot of different things. Just uh, tune in. <laughs> no, we do tune have in. a really good show. I know. Show. I know. We, uh, we just, ran out of, me off guard I there. know. And, and plus, we ran out of time because you keep whispering in my ear 10 seconds and uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So John Gilmore is in next week for me, everyone. Happy Father's Day out there, dads. Really appreciate you all. Thanks. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.